0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk more Razorbacks with Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, com. He joins us now on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, what a great weekend we have in front of us.
1: Yeah, and I hope the weather cooperates too because it's going to start heating up and we're going to have a, a lot of good multi-sport weekends to – to indulge ourselves with. So, yeah, the, the softball team certainly going to find out a lot about itself. Florida coming in here with the basketball and then baseball down there in Arlington, the three good ones. You know, these are all well-thought-of teams in the Big 12 they're facing.
0: Yeah, Tom, we don't have to worry about the weather in Arlington.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's funny. This, this weekend last year um, I was covering, you know, not live but, you know, at home, the, the games in uh, Round Rock, and, you know, they didn't play the second day. Um, and then, and you know, then had the uh, performance against Stanford. I, they were shut out, and it was just freezing cold. And um, uh, I, Dave Van Horn was funny at the Swatters Club a week ago. He talked about, after losing to Stanford in that, you know, frigid in there in Austin, that they meet him in Omaha, and he's like, "I told the team they don't know what they don't know what's going to hit them, and we hit them." It, it, he's so funny when he addresses the crowd that way. And uh, I, boy, they banked out seventeen or twenty-one hits and just crushed them in Omaha.
0: Tom, uh, what's your biggest question mark with this baseball team?
1: Um, I would say it's going to be hitting one through nine. that um, they're going to you know, hit for enough power, hit for enough average. Just run scoring because there's so much turnover. I mean, if, if you watch them in the, in the spring, these scrimmages, they've hit the ball. And, you know, guys like Caleb Cowley, who you just played the clip from, playing third base, hit some monster home runs. Kendall Diggs has hit the ball really well. So it looks like he'll be the D8. you got to feel like Stovall will have a better year. They say that Brady Slavin is going to be the best version of Brady Slavin we've seen. So if he can hit 270-plus and, and do the same kind of run production, they'll be good in the cleanup spot. But there's a few other spots. You know, Wegner, Josenberger, those guys are going to get on base. What's the catcher situation going to be like? Got a couple guys back there. So just um, just question marks on, you know, can Bolton hit at shortstop? So, But you feel like they've recruited well enough. They've seen enough of them in the fall and the spring to believe in what they're going to do. and. Uh, Dave Van Horn basically hasn't let let the fans down in many years now since that meltdown of 2016. So you got to feel like they know what they're doing.
0: And the feeling is the pitching staff's going to be the strength of the team.
1: Well, they said um, Dave Van Horn said this is probably the best pitching depth they've had, but it's going to be tested because when you lose Jackson Wiggins from the jump, I mean, Will McIntyre was not in the rotation all year last year. When he got in it. He performed well. I mean, that win at Auburn was a pivotal win. They won the series with that game, and he pitched so well in game three. Um, but he hasn't been in the rotation all year. So how, how will he last on a week-to-week basis? Uh, Hunter Holland is a guy who came from junior college. Um, can he survive the entire season in the rotation? And what do you do if one of those guys comes out? I mean, it looks like Kirby Adcock, the old Miss transfer, Kitts and Arcana, might be the one you plug in. Um, Hagen-Smith. Even though he got off to a decent start, he kind of plateaued. Uh, I think his arm got tired late in the year. They rested him, and he came back strong in the postseason. So, um, And I, I think they're, they're going to have plenty of options. Um, it's just a matter of how these guys get deployed. Who emerges as the closer? Will, will Tiger be the closer? Will, will this uh, guy Gage Wood? Will he be the closer? So, some questions.
0: They have options, though, you know, and that's the that's that's a good thing for Dave Van Horn. Uh, you kind of answered my next question: who who would be the candidates to be the weekday starters?
1: Yeah, I mean, Adcock I think might be in line, and Austin Ledbetter is a you know a local kid or from the state who uh, might be able to, to be uh, your your midweek or your your long guy in relief on weekend. weekends. Um, they have visions or ideas of what they're going to do because, you know, they come back and play Grambling on Tuesday. So um, if, if Ledbetter's your guy, then you you might see only a brief outing from him early in the weekend. So uh, I don't know. Bat Hobbs and Dave Van Horn really like the options they've got. And as usual, we'll see things sort themselves out. I mean, you got guys like Cody Frank and, and there's a bunch of other guys. Uh, You know, Cody Frank pitched here when he was with Nebraska a couple years ago. He'll have a role. So, yep, we're going to see a lot of different arms in this team, I believe.
0: Yeah, I was just looking, Tom, and it appears there's only two occasions this season where they've got two midweek games. You know, that seems a little different. It seems to me that there were more uh, Tuesday-Wednesday games in the midweek. And this year, there are only two different times where they have a yeah. where they'll need have a need for basically five starters.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. Um, I, I want to say I don't know if they're trending in a certain direction there, but you, you know, you only get is it fifty six games or whatever. So um, I, you would think that the number of midweeks would kind of remain constant, but uh, you know, we've seen that in recent years. You know, there's either been rainouts, or the other team wants to get back, and so they've missed some of those second games. Um, and when Arkansas's pitching has been a little bit thin, um, we've seen them run into some trouble with a second midweek game. So maybe that's influenced Dave Van Horn. But, you know, that's certainly a worthy question to ask him, what are his thoughts about playing two every week? Because it does seem to me that there used to be a lot more Tuesday Wednesday. Wednesdays.
0: Yeah. Tom Murphy with us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Tom, let's uh, turn the page to uh, basketball. Uh, I'm not calling it a must win against Florida and Georgia. Um, you, you got to win one of the two, but then you would have to get a road win against Tennessee or Alabama. So I'm not, that's why I say it's not a must win. The season's not over if they lose one of these two. But, man, they, they really need to win both of these home games.
1: Well, just for their, their confidence, going down the stretch because, yeah, like you mentioned, those Tennessee just got through beating Bama. And so both of those road games are going to be very difficult. We know how good those teams are. And if you don't win both of these, then your, your margin for error um, starts getting a lot thinner. And even though their net ranking is still really good and it's not going to be hurt that bad, even if you lose at Bama and in Tennessee, um, it's just that your conference record could suffer below five hundred, and I don't think you want to be there. I don't want. I don't think you want to be the seventh team out of the SEC. Even though the projections right now seem to indicate there's going going to be seven. Um, I mean, they are clearly, in my view, behind um, Bama, Tennessee, Auburn, and in Texas A and M, um, and and I think Missouri. Um, that's why losing that road game at Missouri when they had a ten point lead was was tough. And so they've got to put their finger on why they don't execute well. Is it related to minutes? Is it related to, to movement and, and getting the ball passed around faster? Because that's been a, a constant problem. And you could sense Eric Musselman's frustration in the post game the other night. Tom, what were your
0: thoughts, uh, Nick Smith, Jr., playing a little over three and a half minutes?
1: Um, well, and it was all first half. He had a couple of turnovers in that span. And it just seems to me that Eric Musselman and the staff feel like um, he's not back, quote, you know, in the flow. Um, and so maybe having a few days of practice during this, um, you know, during these days right now before the Florida game can help him get that more because he did not play in the second half. And it, and it seems like somebody could have used the breather when they were going through that long drought after the score was 5.50 left and they just went for a long period of time and they were missing only three-pointers, that um, just having a three-point guy or, a, you know, a fresh face might might have helped them in that span. So, um, I, I think Eric musselman he, he's known for tightening his bench late season and that's paid off the last two years. Um, and it remains to be seen if it has if it will this year. But they look like a team that were, was a little bit unsure of itself offensively in the final six minutes.
0: Yeah, when I see some of these uh, scoring droughts at the end of the game and normally what happens at the end of a game, it becomes a uh, uh, half-court game. You know, it's possession-type uh-huh. basketball, and you've got to have a score. You've got to got, have somebody who can create their own shot or create an easy shot for someone else, and I'm not seeing that – in some of these late-game uh, scenarios, to me that's Nick Smith. They've got to get Nick Smith going to to realize the full potential that this team has. And so I, I just think he's critical for the, the overall success once this is all said and done. And to me, he's got to get in the game. He's got to get in the flow. And uh, they chose not to sacrifice a potential win to get him minutes, that's why I think this weekend's so critical. They need to play well so that Nick can get in and they can feel comfortable with giving him some minutes to work off the rust. And yeah, uh, whole, to me, that
1: wholeheartedly agree.
0: It, it's got to happen yeah. in the game, I believe, Tom.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, they do need to get him back going, and hopefully, this weekend will allow the opportunity for him to get extended minutes. And I'll tell you what's what's really interesting: when you show a template against a team um and it was successful other teams pick up on that and what you saw Mississippi State do with this sagging defense they really tried to to uh, limit the penetration the dribble penetration from Anthony Black and Devo and Council and it led to some uh, offensive low for Arkansas and then A&M and I know they that's kind of part of their MO as well but they did a lot of the same stuff it, it kind of looks like a man and then they sag back and um it looks like maybe matchup stuff and, and I know they used some zone two and they are just they did not want penetration and then guys coming off their man in addition to the big men, which is what Arkansas killed Kentucky with. And so for two games in a row you see seen two teams sagging back, fogging up the paint, and preventing Arkansas from doing that. So, you know, the answer is obviously being hotter from three point rank. So maybe Nick Smith, maybe Pinion gets another turn off the bench. Uh, because of his three-point potential. So they've got a lot of answers. And, look, their net ranking right now is keeping them afloat. But but at some point, you got to put some wins with that. If they were to beat either Alabama or Tennessee, I think that would pinch them for the tournament. But it's got to start with winning these two home games.
0: Uh, Tom, real quick, Arkansas women's basketball, they lost a, uh, a tough one last night against Tennessee, and I know Tennessee's really good. But has, has this been a little bit of a disappointing season? I thought maybe they were third, fourth best team in the SEC, and they're well down in the pecking
1: order. Man, it started so well. And yeah, I mean, they've had that run where, you know, they had a chance to beat LSU on the road, and that would have been a huge win. Mm. But then they turn around and, and lose the Bama game at home, and then they lose the Ole Miss. In a game that they led big, um, and yeah, it's been a, l- a little bit disappointing. It's been frustrating that Tennessee got out of such a big lead, and Arkansas really didn't make a game of it. And so they are—they are truly, I think, right there on the bubble, on the brink. Even though they also have a decent net ranking, but um, they got to start putting some wins together. I mean, losing to Vandy also was a was a hurt, big hurt to them as well.
0: Yeah, that that's the one that sticks out to me. It's kind of like LSU for men. Vandy only has two wins, and they it, it took a, a miraculous shot to beat them at home, and then they lost on the road to Vanderbilt. It's maybe it's just a bad matchup yeah. for Arkansas.
1: Yeah, just head scratching as to how that happened, and the old Ole Miss win when you were up so big. And, yeah, yeah, they've they've had a few that just that really sting.
0: Tom, thanks. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
1: Will do. Thanks, Wes. See you all. All right. It's Tom Murphy joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.